Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal series, five wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health Exclamation Point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, and Susan's latest book, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at the Wise Woman University. But you can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Rebecca. Good evening, Susan. How are you? I am enjoying the Seattle sunshine. I know I'm not supposed to say that the sun ever shines in Seattle, but it is shining brilliantly and beautifully. And I'm just back or just up from sunny, sunny, sunny California, where every day we opened our eyes and said, another sunny day in California. And down in the Redwoods with the Zhuzhan of Budapest at her Wonderful Goddess Festival. We were counting on our fingers and trying to figure out how many this makes. I think we we think we figured out that at this site, at the Redwood site, this is the 13th. It's been going on for over 25 years. Wow. 
and there were more before there at other sites. But we're saying, you know, 13 for this site, and we just always have such a wonderful, wonderful time. The camp itself is Jones Gulch, and it's in the Redwoods, and it has a wonderful story. Um, There was a man who owned tons of acres of Redwoods, and he just sold them to the, you know, to be cut down. Maybe that was even his work was lumber. Uh, But his wife did not agree. And when he died, she donated all of the remaining land on which the Redwoods were still standing to the Y for a huge camp. Hmm. And that's where we are. The site is remarkable, not just because of the huge, massive old redwoods, but also because there is a, I don't know how to describe it other than a bowl, dug into the earth 15 feet, and then with tiers of seats around it, with a huge sand floor where we can actually have fires and dance naked around the fire. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. To have an an outdoor fire in California where you're protected enough from the sight of others that you can take your clothes off. I mean, woo-wee. Pretty amazing. The witches. (laughs) The witches, indeed. And Dianic tradition, and we are so taken care of there at that camp. There's a long, long, long road that leads into it, and they simply do not let anyone who would want to bother us in at all? Hmm. So well, maybe I'll be able to make Shana, it there. And I hope you can. <laughs> and thank you to Lithia, and thank you to Jessamine, and thank you to all my other sister high priestesses. Jujana initiated a new high priestess um, at this event, and so we were all happy to welcome a new high priestess into our midst. Just a delicious and delightful time. And now to be continued up here in the Seattle area. I am really um, enjoying a brief break from being at home and um, getting some good writing done. Um, away from from home time is often good time. And uh, spending time right now with a dear friend, a woman I have known for over 40 years and a fantastic poet. Miriam Dyack, D-Y-A-K. Look up her poetry. You will like it. Mm. Mm. Sounds let me good. Read, yeah, let me read you um, one of the pieces that she has done that is without a doubt one of my favorites and often favorite of many others. It's called Be Ready. Be ready for the inevitable talons that grip you up through hot green summer grass and carry your flailing little mouth self into a sun-blinded sky. If you would be food for gods, if you would offer up your spirit to the source, then let go of all that pitying nonsense. Let go of your cherubic candy visions of any enlightenment less fierce, less absolute than the hawk's blazing yellow eye. Mm. 
I like it. That's really good. Mm. It started pouring. Yeah. It started uh, raining here right when you, <laughs> right when you, you were reading that, which is a good sign there? because we haven't had rain for a while. <laughs> I was gonna say you want that rain, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah, y'all are looking for that rain. Okay, yay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, let's and I also um, want to mention my my Etsy shop because I've been posting some good stuff up there. I just uh, made a batch of some really good elderberry syrup that I put up there, and um, oh, it's made with all wild crafted by me um, elderberries. And it was like a three day process to make it, so it's pretty special, I think. And uh, you can find that at. Uh, etsy.com backslash shop backslash nourish wholeness if you're interested or you can find me on social media Rebecca Roselle and there's links there to everything that I make yay yeah (laughs) yeah all right and our guest tonight is Jill Stansbury Dr. Jill Stansbury is a naturopathic physician who actually lives right here in Washington, where I am. She specializes in women's health, mental health, and chronic diseases, and I really enjoy everything that she does, and I know we are going to have a great time talking tonight. That's at um, 9 o'clock East Coast time, and that would be 6 o'clock West Coast time. So hang around. Jill Stansbury will be with us for the last half hour of the show. Sounds good. And it looks like we just have one person far queued up with a question. So if you have a question for Susan, please press 1 to speak with her. And we'll go to our first caller in the 650 area code. All right. Oh, hi, Susan. Hi. I I used to be the nurse at the Camp Jones at the Jones Gulch um, place where the kids went for their outdoor education. So I know it quite well. It is beautiful. Oh, it's so amazing, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. I wish I knew that was there. I would have gone. Well, I, I live right near it, there. It's every other year. Good. So it won't be next year, but it will be year the year after that. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, we welcome you. you so are I welcome. have an oh okay. So I have an area on my cheek that's red, and it almost looks like the the it's broken vessels or something. But I went to a dermatologist, and she said it was that actinus keratosis. But I see like no rough areas and no brown areas. It's kind of mild, and I was wondering what you might recommend like a salve or something that I could use. Yeah. There are a couple of herbs that are considered really ideal um, for that kind of thing, and they're herbs that are called discutients, which means that it debrides or removes that kind of stuff. And they, But they don't work by like mechanically scraping something away. They work by entering the skin and then the herbalist idea is that these kinds of things are caused by underlying inflammation. And that the herbs are actually able to go into the skin and to quell that inflammation and thus 
to make your skin look a lot better. Interestingly enough, one of the best of them is red clover. We talk about red clover a lot. I talk about red clover as an infusion. Some people use red clover as a tincture, especially um, if they have a cancer diagnosis. But we hardly ever talk about red clover oil. But it's a, an oil with a long reputation for relieving inflamed skin problems. There's probably still some red clover blooming. So you can okay. make some fresh red clover oil. It's not easy to get because, as I say, it's not like, you know, say to somebody, name some good herbal oils. And they might say, you know, calendula and yarrow and plantain. And red clover wouldn't come to mind usually. Mm-hmm. Now, an- another one that, in fact, for some people might come to mind sooner, but that isn't considered quite as good as the red clover is violet leaf. Is which one? Violet. Viola. Right. Those big heart-shaped violet leaves can be chopped up, right, a jar stuffed full of the chopped up leaves and then any oil poured over it and allowed to steep for six weeks. Same way we'd make the red clover oil or plantain oil or yarrow oil. Do put your infusing oil that's in the jar in a, a saucer with a lip or a bowl because some of the oil will ooze out from the jar as it's infusing. It's also good to label it on the top because labels on the side get oozed on and hard to read. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, violet oil is also not an oil that's easy to find. Um, again, we don't we don't nowadays think along the lines of discutients. It's, it's even a term that many uh, people are quite unfamiliar with. We tend to think more about vulnerary things that heal wounds and things that stop pain and things that ease aching joints. But this is a very specialized thing that you want. And uh, I, just to be sure, you're probably already drinking nourishing herbal infusions. I just found out about you recently, and I'm trying to get all the herbs on board and use the ones that I have. But I totally, I threw away everything that had essential oils and grain alcohol, and I'm totally starting over. I bought a bunch of Rebecca's stuff to have things oh. on hand. Oh. Aren't they I went so to her beautiful website. and loving? It's I'm so mm-hmm. happy you did that. Yes, just amazing. I, she so, didn't have any red clover oil, and I noticed that that one you recommended. No, that, no, that's um, what I said. You know, you're going to need to make some red clover oil, but it's really simple. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. Yeah. Find some red clover. Mm-hmm. It's probably still blooming. Stuff a jar full of the blossoms and pour oil over it. Put mm-hmm. a label on the lid, put it in a bowl, and wait six weeks, and it's ready to go. And with the violet, it can be any violet, or is there a special kind of violet? Any violet. All right. I sure can find some of those. In the redwood sure. forest. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> so both are pretty easy to get. I also noticed that um, there are wild mallows growing in your area. A lot of it. A lot of it, right? And mallow. Yeah, it's everywhere. A, a, and mallow is a fabulous discutient. Oh, good, because that's everywhere in my yard. That, yes. 
So I think mm-hmm. that's probably the one you're going to use. Mm-hmm. I can find plenty of that. Plenty of it. I was just thrilled at how much, how many mallows were around, and they seemed to be in bloom and really enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. And any mm-hmm. mallow will work. Any mallow will work. Of course, the, the great-grandma of them all is marshmallow. And I was in a garden this summer that was growing marshmallow because the woman just loved marshmallow. It's such a beautiful and elegant plant. But it doesn't have to be marshmallow. All of the mallows work just the same. Now, on the red clover, on all three of these, should they be dried before you infuse them? I always use fresh herbs when I make my infusion. That's what I thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's rare that I would use a dried herb except for infusion. The reason I want the dried herb for my infusion is that the drying of the herb breaks the cell wall and allows the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, proteins, all the things I want to dissolve into the water of my infusion. But when I'm making an oil or a tincture or a vinegar, I don't have to break the cell wall because I'm using a process called osmosis, which allows things to pass back and forth between the what's inside the cell and what's outside the cell. And that's why we have to let it sit for six weeks, right, because osmosis is a slower process than making an infusion, which even then takes some hours. So sometimes people will dry the herb to break it down so they don't have to rely on osmosis. And then when they use dried herb, they will often heat the oil to push the herb into the oil. Now, this can be done very nicely. Last year, I was up at um, the um, beautiful, beautiful um, Clay de Champ, which is a huge herbal garden and um, place that makes and sells a number of herbal products from what they grow in this garden, which covers over five acres. And she had a whole row of temperature control crock pots. They would harvest the herb, kind of flash dry it, and then put it in the crock pot at a controlled temperature so that it would be ready in less than six weeks. But for most of us, harvesting the fresh herb and letting it sit for six weeks works really well. And then it's six weeks for vinegars and six weeks for tinctures and six weeks for oils. And our minds are not addled by it all. Mm -hmm. Now, would there be any of the things I bought from uh, Rebecca? She did yarrow, chickweed, comfrey, a few of those plantain oil. But none of those would be good for this. Chickweed oil is also a discutient. Mm-hmm. So if you have chickweed oil, yes. Um, I'll be getting it soon. Good. And comfrey oil is also a discutient. Okay. She, but, you know, uh, I have but a comfrey. I, but, but I think, I always think, it's, I believe that when you make a remedy with the plants that are growing around you, it's got to work better. Yeah, I'm going to do that with the mallow. That's great. Yeah. That would yeah. be a question meanwhile, I would have for you. Meanwhile, while you're waiting that six weeks, use the stuff you've bought. What a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yes. I had another question. Okay, but I have a question first. Okay. After, after a couple of months, will you call us back and tell us how things are going? I will. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Wonderful. Okay, okay. now your next, your next question. Okay, I had cataract surgery a couple of years ago for one eye. I, there was, I tried all kinds of things, and if I had known you, I, I probably would have done better, but I have well, another cataract. My optometrist says he's just waiting for his cataracts to get bad enough for you know, the insurance to pay for it. He says he can hardly wait to get brand-new lenses. He says, you know, your lenses get yellow as they get older. He says, wow, uh-huh. now, you, now we have a chance to replace them with crystal clear lenses. My mom was so thrilled with her cataract surgery. Yeah. For a couple of years after that, she said that she saw better than she'd ever seen in her life. No, I was happy with it, too. I was surprised, but I thought maybe there'd be some way to clean it up with an herb or something, but it sounds like the surgery is the way to go. I think for most people it is. It's, it's you know, yeah. we do get we do get older. The, there is photodegradation. If you leave a piece of plastic out in the sunlight, it's going to degrade. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is why you see people who live in sunny areas wearing sunglasses to protect their eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you say for sunscreen to use a sunscreen that has um, St. John's wort. I don't use a sunscreen that has St. John's wort. I use Hypericum perforatum oil, and I call it St. John's wort because what does Saint John Jones, know yeah. about? What does John know about burns? Come on, <laughs> Joan, that she knows about burns. So yes, that's all I use. It's just the the red oil from fresh Hypericum perforata. Um, I usually use olive oil as my base. You know, I just pour the olive oil over the fresh flowers, and the green witch time that we had this July, every July, there's a green witch holiday, and we usually go up to Gretchen Gould's Herb Hill and pick hypericum blossoms, and she shows us how to tell which one is blooming that day and to make the very, very reddest oil. That sounds like amazing stuff. It could I ask you a, a could, could I ask well, you a question about cannabis, which is legal to grow here? It certainly is. Let me find out. Hey, Rebecca, how many people are waiting? Can I continue to talk? Um, we just have a few. We have like three callers waiting. Two callers okay, actually. So, so. Okay, so yeah. I'll make my answer to this short, and then we'll go on to the next caller. I was wondering about making a tea from just the sun leaves of the cannabis because they they don't have any THC, but they must be very nourishing. Well, why not try it? The great thing about plants is you can't really go too wrong. Mm-hmm. So long as you're working with a plant that you know is not in any dose are going to be lethal, and that's certainly true of cannabis, What's the worst that can happen? You make a tea of it, you taste it, you hate it, you spit it out, and you pour it off. Mm -hmm. Or you taste it and you say, wow, this is great. I'm going to make more. I wonder what it would be like with honey. I wonder what it would be like if I steeped it longer. I wonder what it would be like if I steeped it shorter. I mean, wow, just think of what people have done with the leaves of Camilla sinensis, known as tea, huh? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all the ways that humans have figured out how different ways to dry it, different ways to pick it, and so on. So experiment, have a good time. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for your call. You're amazing. Thank you. Great blessings. Thank you. And thank you for your support supporting as well. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited. I threw everything away, and it's all new stuff with no essential oils. I'm I'm happy. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye. Makes a huge difference. Goodbye. It does. (laughs) It makes such a big difference. Mm Mm-hmm. My life has totally been changed <laughs> for the better. All right. The next caller is coming from the 215 area code. Hello. Hi. Hi, Susan. How are you? I am so well. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Um, I have a question regarding a couple of herbs. Uh, my sister um she missed her period, and she tried to, or she took a series of herbs, uh, black cohosh, blue cohosh, and angelica root in mm-hmm. tincture form mm-hmm. um, for four days. Um, her, your recommendation in the childbearing year? Um, mm-hmm. Well, she uh, has a positive pregnancy test, and she feels like um, nothing came of it. Nothing came of the herbs. Um and she felt intuitively like she should stop taking them. And mm-hmm. I was wondering um, what, if there were any kind of implications uh, for the pregnancy if nothing happened, like no contractions, no cramping or anything like that, if she were to uh-huh. choose to carry the pregnancy. Well, I want to I roll back just a little bit. Sure. Um, okay. So I, I, I don't recommend anything. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm not a recommender. (laughs) I make information available to people. And if if anybody were to ask me what herbs Mm -hmm. to use to bring on a late period, I will tell you what my answer is. Mm -hmm. Have you made an appointment for an abortion? Uh, No, she has not. I'm not asking you and I'm not asking her. I'm telling you what I would say if I were asked. And I have been asked uh, many, many times, and my answer is always, have you made an appointment for an abortion? If you have not made an appointment for an abortion, don't take any herbs. Okay. If you are not ready to absolutely terminate this pregnancy, don't even get started with herbs because we don't have enough information to understand how they might affect a very early conception. Right. We just don't know. Now, what did she take? She took black cohosh root, which prevents uterine contractions. Okay. It's an an antispasmodic. Okay. It is often combined with blue cohosh because blue cohosh causes uterine contractions. Okay. So you put together an herb that causes contractions with an herb that slows them down so that the woman is not overwhelmed in horrible pain. However, people who know what they're doing, if they're using herbs to bring on a period, would not use any black cohosh at all, would they? Hmm. Because it's going to prevent the blue cohosh from doing something that herbs don't want to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. Angelica root tones up the uterus. That has no effect, really, 
on whether or not someone will ministry. Right. So, mm-hmm. of course the herbs had no effect. They were taken in ineffective way. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. if you go back to my book, Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, you will mm-hmm. find a list of herbs that are emenagogues. A gog means to make slow. So a galactagog makes milk flow. A silalagog makes your saliva flow. And an emenagog makes your menses flow. Mm, in okay. that list, in that list of emenagogs are herbs that can be used to help bring on a late period if you are not pregnant. Right. Okay. And there are herbs that can be used to bring on a period if you are pregnant and they are starred. Okay. And there's not very many of them. Right. And they must be taken in pretty large quantity over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. And again, I say, don't even get started on this until you make an appointment for an abortion. We do not want to lose our right to have an abortion. So make an appointment for it, even if you wind up not going, wind up canceling, make the appointment, please. Right. Okay. Yes. Right. So I'm not sure if I've given you too much information here. No, not too much information at all. I, I think. Okay. I think you answered my question perfectly. I was mostly wondering, like, if someone has taken the herbs, like if there was possibility to go back from there but or just stop it. Possibility it could go back? What do you mean? Like uh just to just stop them and to carry to term. Yes. Will it have influenced the fetus? Probably. And we don't know what the influence is. Right, right. Okay. It it may not be anything that we know about. On the other hand, my mom drank coffee and smoked cigarettes all the time. She was pregnant with me, and we wouldn't do that today, would we? No, right, and I I know people and who those are, are plants. Those are, both, those are both plants. Right. Those are both plants. Hmm. They're not they nearly as dangerous as the plants your sister was taking. Right. So our understanding of what happens in very early fetal development, very, very early, right after conception, is small. And at this point, our best bet is if you're going to use herbs to bring on your period, be sure that you want to abort. If you don't want to abort, right. don't use them. Just don't use them. Be safe. Play safe. Right. Right. Perfect. Okay. Yes. Meanwhile, well, now that she is pregnant and she's going to carry to term, make sure she's drinking nourishing herbal infusions. Give that kit every possible good start, right? Right, right, yes. Right? Um, You're drinking nourishing yes. herbal infusions now? I, I am, yes. Well, well make sure she is, too. <laughs> okay. Okay. She, she is, absolutely. She's taught yes. me everything I know. Yeah, good. All right. Right, that's the best thing to do. If we're we're concerned that we might have done something that wouldn't be good, then just drink our nourishing herbal infusions and say a little prayer. Right, wonderful. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for for your time. 
You're welcome. Okay, thank thank you. you for this journey. Mm-hmm. Green blessings. All right. If you have a question for Susan, make sure don't talk about somebody who's not on the phone, but this is an issue that's of such interest to so many women that I thought it was well worthwhile going over here. Yeah, we haven't talked about that for a while, so. No. All right. The next caller is coming from the 508 area code, and I want to remind the callers to press 1 if you have a question. Hi, Susan. This is Luna. Hi, Luna. How are you? I'm You're enjoying, well. <laughs> enjoying the Seattle sunshine. Yeah. I'll tell you the best um, answer. The best answer I ever got to that question. I said to to this man, "How are you?" He said, "I am so good that if I was any better, there'd have to be two of me." <laughs> that's a good answer, huh? Yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah. Um. I have a couple of questions and one comment, and I'll start with the comment, is that um, I have purchased CBD St. Jones wort oil from Rebecca a couple times now, and I want her to know that, and, and the listeners to know that it's such a wonderful thing that she does, and um, I have rheumatoid arthritis, and usually if I get a flare-up and catch it in time, um, I put the CBD St. John's Wort oil on, and it just makes my life better. And I can feel the love and the intention that Rebecca puts in it. So I wanted to thank her so much for for doing that and um, being willing also to make it affordable for people as well to, to have that in their lives. So. Uh, thanks for saying you're yes. welcome. Thank you. thank you so much. I appreciate the support coming from you too. So thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, I have um, narcolepsy, and um, for, those, for those for those who don't know, what that means is that she just falls asleep anytime mm-hmm. without yeah. any warning. Suddenly, you know, it's like your old Aunt Tilda, right? One minute she's mm-hmm. there, the next minute she's snoring. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, a, it's a difficult condition to live with. Yes. And um, I'm, I was trying to do some research and look at, like, maybe ginkgo and St. Jones um, or tincture, like, possibly um, that would help, and motherwort. But my... My concern here is um, I know that this isn't too much for you to handle, and I feel safe and trust you to be able to say this to you, but like you just said, it's something very difficult to live with, and I don't want to go on anymore. I hear you. I hear you falling asleep anytime, whether you want to or not, does not give you a quality of life that you can abide. No. Now, I will tell you what Elizabeth Kubler-Ross told every person who said to her, I can't go on anymore. Hmm. She She said to them, okay, I want you to go and volunteer at any hospital in the children's cancer ward for 30 days, and then you come back here, and if you still feel like that, we can talk further. Yeah. 
And the truth of the matter was that the few who came back um, had, had a um, spiritual change. Yeah. I, I One of the very first people with cancer that I had the honor of working with was a couple who brought their five-year-old son and said, our child is dying of cancer. Can you help him? And I said, I can help him, but first I have to talk to him alone. Can you allow me to do that? And they said, yes. And I talked to this child, and I said, your parents want me to help you overcome this cancer, but I want to know what you want. And this five-year-old child said to me, I want you to help my parents understand that I'm done here. I want you to help my parents come to peace with my decision to not stay any longer. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, there is, I am really done, and there is, I can't take it anymore, and I can't take it anymore invites us to find ways to give it away. Mm -hmm. Find ways to make it useful in our lives. Well, I go outside with the plants. Yes. Yes. I mean, certainly, although there's no way a trade-off, nonetheless, there is the, ah, you don't have to drive. I shouldn't. You know, you, you know, yeah, you know how many of us would be happy? It was like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, one less responsibility. There's a lot of places that this very difficult condition gives you kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. But I don't like that. I understand you don't like it, and it's okay to like it. Okay. Yeah. Because let's be past the time when we think that God is punishing us for being terrible sinners by giving us horrible diseases. (laughs) I'm angry, yeah. (laughs) Really. I mean, let us grow up out of that and understand that um, there are no guarantees, and it's kind of, you know, like a lottery or a spinning wheel, and whoa, hi, you get this one. You know, I talk about it in the beginning of my green book. I say that, you know, we made up diseases so that we would have an opportunity to play and to heal. Right. So I, I, I hope you don't think that I'm in any way downplaying the real no. difficulty is narcolepsy. It's, it's, I really, you know, know how totally it just goes through your entire life, you know, right in the middle of I love you, bomb, you're asleep, you know. It's, it's no fun. Steal <laughs> and all, everything our life gives us, gives us an opportunity to say, what of this? Think about the woman that I met in Hawaii, bedridden, quadriplegic. She was 
the belle of the ball, married this, you know, handsomest man, richest man, had picture-perfect children, lived in a mansion, you know, everything, you know, that the, the fairy tales tell us we should have. And she loved to ride horses, and she fell off her horse and broke her neck, survived it, but as a quadriplegic, and her whole family abandoned her. Mm-hmm. Because they were based on being perfect, and she wasn't anymore. So not only was she suddenly, you know, unable to move her body, but all of that luxury and support and love that she thought that she had was gone. Mm. And she said that that she realized that everything had been emptied out of her life so she could fill her life with spirit. Yes. Yeah. And that's yep. how I came to meet her because people said, you have to come and meet this woman because she is one of the shining lights of our community. And anyone mm-hmm. who's in any distress or any trouble comes to be with her. Mm-hmm. And she was. And the, 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 her heart was so, you could walk into the room and you could feel you know, that she, mm-hmm. she, she loved. Because she was able to find her love for herself, even in that bleakness, even in that yeah. emptiness. We Isn't all that came. amazing? Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Just, uh, what we are capable of as human beings. So there aren't, there aren't any herbs that could necessarily help you, but of course the nourishing herbal infusions are always going to make you feel better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, you know, for whatever it's worth, one of my teachers, anytime we would say, I have a headache or I have this or I have that, she would say, do you need that? <laughs> Sometimes you first, do. <laughs> yeah. At first, I thought she was just kind of putting us on, you know. What do you mean? Do I need that? I had a headache. What are you asking me if I need it or not? And then I began to realize that she really was asking me if I needed that and to take a look at the gift that it might have. And it essentially put me in a place where if I felt a headache coming on, I could say, do I need this? And if the answer was no, I could say, Bye. <laughs> Now, I'm not saying this happened in a week. That's by it means, you know. You've got to be working with yourself and feeling this and really asking yourself, do I need this? Do I need this in my life? Do I need this? And really get, being honest with yourself about it because sometimes you do. Sometimes like, oh, yeah, I really need a headache. Now I've got to get out of here. Yeah. yeah. I I understand that because I've always been on the go, go, go and have always had so much energy. And it's like... Now I don't, and now I don't know what to do. And I often say to myself, what do I need to learn here? Like, what needs to be opened up and recognized? And it's usually, hey, love yourself. (laughs) You need to relax. And, you know, um, it's just, you know, it's so unacceptable. It doesn't matter if you fall asleep in the middle of painting a painting. Painting, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I want to paint, 
my brain working right and I want to paint my thyroid and my lungs and all these different things I want to paint and I go to do it and I'm like, I'm asleep. <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's, it's just. There's, a, lo- there's a local woman in my area who started a bad art day. And anybody who wanted could come to her studio on this day, which was once a month, but you could only make bad art. How is that even possible? Because she wanted to counter exactly that. The, oh, I can't do anything, yeah. I'm afraid. Because what are we afraid yeah. of? We're afraid. We'll make bad art. You can't make bad art. And you can't yeah. make bad art. No, can you, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So go ahead and paint. Go ahead and make that art with the fear. Maybe what you need to paint is fear at first. That's okay. I was I, I had this crazy fantasy today. Who knows? You know, sometimes fantasies become reality. But the the fantasy was a rage page. And that somewhere mm. we would have a little site for people to write hundred word rants. Today I'm outraged about. Because it's just so much better to share it. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, 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 it wouldn't even be. A, there's no. We're not talking about solutions. I'm just talking about like saying, ah, ah, I can't believe this." Ah. And a safe space to be able to just go blah. Yeah. 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 So since I don't have that, maybe you want to do that. Maybe you want a rage journal. And when they, whenever you need to, you can just write in yeah. your rage room, oh, I am so upset that I that, that, that I can't or that I did. or that Because, you know, what I find is that once we write it down, it really loses its fangs. It does. It really does. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it's kind of, I think that's what is great about a pen and a piece of paper because before you talk to somebody – you want to write it down and then you don't even feel that anymore. So then you don't have to worry about offending or hurting or saying something that wasn't quite right, you know, to someone. It's just, you've written it down and you can, okay, I'm going to throw it away or keep it and look at it later and go, Oh, how crazy was I? You know, good thing I didn't say that to so-and-so, you know, but now with the computers and social media, everybody just blah, 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 says whatever they want. And I think it's really important to write it down. The, the pen and paper is just a wonderful, powerful instrument. You know? What, and what blessings you have brought to the show. <laughs> You're welcome. Think about the people who are hearing you that are being wonderfully impacted. You have that mm-hmm. power, that ability to give wisdom, your wisdom to others. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. keep fighting and and fighting for my life, and and I have to take my days moment by moment. Yes. And I, it is what it is, but I have to make the best out of it, and really like say, like you said, do I need this? And maybe I do. Maybe you do. And that's yeah. okay, because then if you need it, you're in a better relationship with it. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's been dumped on you. It's something you actually need right now. Yeah. 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 You are you are brave, powerful, and beautiful woman. 
Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Green blessing, Susan. Green blessing. Good night. Good night. All right, the next caller is coming from the 847 area code. Are you there in the 847? Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, Thank you for taking my call. I have a question that just came up for me recently. I suffer from depression, have for over 30 years, have been on meds. I'm at a point I'm 68. I'm at a point where I will not go back on meds. So I'm doing all kinds of holistic things and recently over the last 6 months St. John's wort and have just read about damage to the eyes which I had no idea and How I am doing? having wait, trouble wait, wait, with Wait, wait, wait. How are you taking the St. John's wort? Well, now in capsule no, no, yes. no, no, never in capsules. Never, ever in capsules. Well, that's what I'm afraid I'm learning and what I'm... What I'm I, I, am, I am sorry that they even allow it to be sold in capsules. You know, I'm getting it from a very reputable herbal outlet, and it's, you know, I'm, I am also shocked now that I hear what it can do, and... My question only, to you is... But only as a dried herb, not as a tincture, right? The tincture that I use is made from fresh herb. The oil that I made is made from fresh herb, and the fresh herb doesn't, has not developed those constituents. So if I switch to tincture, yes. there, will my eyes heal, or is the damage yes. now permanent? I, I don't think it's permanent. Okay. What are you... What kind of symptoms are you experiencing at this point? Extreme sensitivity to light. To light, I cannot exactly. drive at night if that, it's sunny that out. Will, that, yes, that will go away. Oh, thank God. Um, and I know I know people who take the tincture as frequently as a dropper full every hour and have been doing so for over 25 years and have no sun sensitivity. Wow. Okay. And... And then do I need to make my own tincture? Do I trust buying tincture? How how do I safely? You, again, you want tincture made only from fresh plants. And so wherever you buy that tincture from, you want to find out if okay. it was made from fresh plants. There's a few places that you've heard us talking about. Rebecca makes hypericum tincture. It's also called Klamath weed, and she lives in the Klamath state, and she makes it from the fresh flowering tops of the plants in 100-proof vodka. White Feather, who teaches with that Lewis and I at the Green Goddess Apprentice Week, she teaches the um, Rainbow Path of Peace and the Seven Directions Movement Meditation, and she runs a small herbal business called Catskill Mountain Herbals, and she also makes hypericum tincture from fresh St. John's wort in 100 proof vodka. And can you uh, do me, would you do me and, a favor, Susan? I don't, um, I, I'm new to you. 
how do I contact Rebecca to get the tincture? I have an Etsy shop that's at uh, www.etsy.com and then black backslash shop backslash nourish wholeness. Nourish wholeness? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because okay, and you, you can and you can find you can find white feather at Catskill Mountain Herbals, and then there's Red Moon Herbs. They also use fresh hypericum. They do use um, high proof alcohol, and they do that because they want to to um, offer their customers organic tinctures. Okay, and and Susan, when I've used tincture. I find it very difficult to know how much St. John's wort I'm actually getting. Usually tinctures come in what's called a dosage bottle, which is a one-ounce glass bottle with okay. a glass dropper with a rubber squeezy thing. Okay. Herbalists have a couple of terms that we use that are really confusing. Like we say, the bark of the plant. We're not really using the bark. We're using the inner bark of the plant. And we say a dropper full of tincture, but the dropper can never get full. Right. So a dropper full is whatever is in the dropper. Okay. Okay. Whatever's in the dropper, that counts as a dropper full. If you actually want to count drops, that's fine too. Most Droppers contain 25 to 30 drops. Okay. Hypericum made from the fresh plant, especially in vodka. I have taken a dropper full as frequently as every 15 minutes. Wow. For, for two or three hours in order to completely eliminate sciatica pain. Okay. And for someone like me, and probably a lot of people on the, uh, you know, listening, who does suffer from depression and anxiety, how do I know how many droppers to take? Because with the tincture, I would think is it doesn't. What I'm saying is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. How will? So a, I guess I'll just. It's not a drug. We're not talking about you're going to die from an overdose. If you take too much, you've spent a little money you didn't need to spend. If you take too little, it's not going to be effective enough. So it's somewhat up to you because you're an individual person, and these are plants. And this is this is part of the thing that's a little like <gasps> to people as they're moving from drugs to herbs is we're so used to the drugs being so ordered, and you get exactly this much, and you take this much, da-da-da. And with the herbs, we're building a relationship. Okay. So it is going to be some – it is really individualized medicine, and you can't hurt yourself so long as you're using something made from the fresh plant. I've given you some dosage ranges, right, anywhere from one dropper full a day to a dropper full every 15 minutes. Now, I would also say this to you. Motherwort tincture is really superb at relieving anxiety, as is lemon balm tincture and Either one of those could be used in addition to the hypericum. Okay. And then the last thing that I have to say to you, and you may find this outrageous or rude or what on earth is, I've never yet met a woman who's really depressed. But I have met a lot of women who are angry. 
Mm-hmm. And so I urge you to consider how much of your suffering is anger and what you could conceivably do about that. I do not, of course, suggest that you run crazy through your neighborhood. In Japan, there are actually uh, businesses where you can go and buy glassware and dishes and break them. (laughs) Because Japanese culture is even more severe about not showing emotions, right? Right. And especially not showing anger. So they give people this outlet. I've had people say to me, oh, yeah, you know, when I'm starting to feel depressed, I just go around and collect bottles and go, you know, to the to the recycling center where I get to smash the bottles. <laughs> I, mo- I moved into a house where medical records had been left, so we knew what happened to the people who had lived there before, and she had fallen, broken her hip, um, been at, she was outside, nobody could find her, and she was outside for days, got pneumonia, and died. And he was so angry. He wound up dying two years later. He also fell and broke his hip and died in the hospital. But he was so angry that he spent that two years breaking glass. Uh, uh It was a mound of glass around a tree that was almost as tall as I I am and six feet across. Uh, And I could just see him every day going out and smashing bottles against this tree. The tree, of course, died from it. But he was still kind of standing there, and you could tell. And I thought, wow, you know. He didn't get depressed. He got angry. Right. So I was going to say, you are resonating. I think, you, I think our culture keeps convincing, and so does some, I hate to say it, but so, so do doctors, uh, that you have, you have a chemical imbalance and you need drugs. And I just, how do you know you have a chemical imbalance? I just, it's, it's First of all, serotonin is the easiest brain chemical for you to change by your own will. Hmm. How do you mean that? You want, you want more serotonin? You sit down and you say, hello, brain, I'd like some more serotonin. Huh. That's all you have to do. Wow. Okay. Well, it may not happen the very first time you do, but if you keep telling your brain that's what you want, believe me, it is going to ante up. And do you think I, like something... I do this in workshops with people. You know, where I have them settle down, you know, we come to a relaxation response, we quiet down, and then I have them listen, and then I have them raise the serotonin level. In their brain, because the more serotonin, the more sensory input, and it's one of the reasons that we shut it down. Mm. Because the sensory input becomes overwhelming to us. We, we say to the brain, less, no, no, we don't, no, yeah. And as you raise serotonin, you begin to hear, because we're sitting with our eyes closed, you begin to hear all of this amazing things that are in your environment that you weren't hearing before. And then Mm -hmm. at the end, I say, now, bring serotonin to the level where you can function comfortably. Before you open your eyes, I don't want you flooded with sensation that is going to panic you. Mm. So bring that serotonin, right? Let it be. Notice the difference between that. 
So I think you're saying that your mind can help your brain. Yes. Okay. Yes. And probably I can stop spending money on 5-HTP to up the serotonin. Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> just, tell your, just tell your brain you want more, and you'll get it. That's amazing. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Will you Thank do us you. a favor? Would you do us a favor and call back in three or four weeks and let us know how you're doing? I would. I would be delighted. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate okay. that. Okay. Okay. Right. Bye bye. The next caller is coming from the seven seven zero area code. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hey, Susan. Hi. Hey, Rebecca. Hi. Uh, my name is Jasmine. I'm in Atlanta, and I have been kind of following you around for a couple years, Susan, and I think it's great that you have this blog talk radio. I'm just so grateful to be able to talk to you. Okay, so um, here's my issue. Actually, I have a couple. I'm not sure how much time you have, but I will get to uh, the most important one for me first. Okay. Um, so let's find out from Rebecca. Rebecca, how many other callers are waiting to talk? We just have two after her, so we got a little time. Okay. So I got about okay. ten minutes. All right, good. Okay. Okay. Well, the most important thing for me is uh, I'm 36 years old, and I have what they call primary amenorrhea. Uh, I never got a period naturally. Um and when I did, I was 23 years old, and uh, they gave me some birth control. That's how it came on. Uh, but that would be. Whoa, the whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Okay, I'm I'm totally lost. Okay. Birth control, okay. you know, birth control pills do not cause menstruation. Never have, never can. Okay, well, that, well first they gave me Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. If you take birth control pills, say for 21 days, and then don't take them for seven days, you will have what's called a breakthrough bleed, but it is not menstruation. Mm. Because you never ovulated. Mm. Because birth control pills prevent ovulation, so you cannot ever menstruate as a result of taking birth control pills. Okay, so that's why I don't take them anymore. Actually, I haven't taken uh, them for years. Right. So you, you've you never ovulated, is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Is this a problem for you? It is. Tell me more about the problems. Well, Rather, um, rather than the condition you want to have children... You're afraid it's making your bones frail. You're afraid it's going to lead to a heart attack. Could you be a little more specific about what the problem is? Well, I listened to one of your previous shows just trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, hear other people's Mm -hmm. problems that were actually a little similar but not the same. Mm -hmm. And you you said that basically is your brain being in survivor mode, saying, look, we don't have the resources to support a baby, so – we're not going to have a period. Um, and this, I feel is like in a, this is in a woman who has 
come into her menses and begin ovulating at puberty. So at puberty, certain hormonal switches were thrown in her brain. She started creating a kind of estrogen called a stradiol, but only for 24 to 36 hours. And that estradiol then triggers other hormones, especially follicle-stimulating hormone, which causes a follicle to mature into an egg, actually causes about a dozen of them to mature into an egg. And then one of them to get the Miss Egg winner crown and to get ovulated out of the ovary. The others are supposed to die of shame. Sometimes they turn into ovarian cysts. So that whole hormonal cascade has never occurred in your body. So your body is not making that decision because it simply hasn't ever, so far as I'm hearing from you, it hasn't ever done that. And there's a variety of different reasons that that could be happening. It it does, you know, do the three things that I mentioned. It does obviously make it possible for you to get pregnant. Now, do we know how many women are going, give me some? Okay. (laughs) But that doesn't mean you want it. You might want to have a child. It also does mean that you could possibly have bone mass problems or heart problems. It's not a guarantee, just a possibility. Have you Mm -hmm. had a bone scan? Do you know what your bone density is? Can you tell me a little bit about your diet? Yeah, uh, well, actually, that will lead to my second issue. I'm recovering from food poisoning as we speak. I'm so um, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, slippery elm, slippery elm, slippery elm, slippery elm. Hello, slippery elm. We love slippery elm, and we're recovering from food poisoning. Slippery elm absorbs whatever it was that caused that food poisoning and gets it out of your body. Slippery elm stops diarrhea if you've had diarrhea. Slippery elm stops constipation if that's what happened. Slippery elm stops vomiting. Wow, hooray for slippery elm. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, Because I've been using cumin, ginger, and bay leaves and lemon water, and it's just not really cutting it. Not going to cut it at all, huh? The ginger's going to make it worse. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, wow. Great. So, as you can tell, there are a lot of things that I'm doing that I think are right. You know, I'm reading about on the Internet or even different books. And I'm, the food poisoning please, is really... Please spend more time with the books, especially the books written by people who are actively using the herbs, because i got to tell you, about 98% of the stuff about herbs on the Internet is not going to work out. Okay. Okay. It's just, at this point, the Internet is not the best source for herbal information. Certainly, there are wonderful sites and, you know, people who are talking from their own experience, but we now have such thriving decades of active herbalism in the United States that there are many, many books. I mean, when I first started studying, really, uh, most of the books were just people talking about things that they heard somebody else had read from some other book, and it was Desperately difficult to find anything that was really effective. Hmm. And then I found Juliet de Clay Levy, the first voice for me of a person of actual experience. She didn't just talk about what 
this book a hundred years ago said this herb ought to do. She talked about her experience with using it and how she used it and what happened and why she then used it again or didn't use it again. And now we literally have dozens of herbals written by people who are actively using the herbs. Mostly you're going to find them in print. And I always say, why not buy an actual book? The herbs aren't changing their minds. Those books are never going to go out of date. Okay. What the herb, how the herb is used and what the herb is really telling us, that's just, it will be just as true a thousand years from now as it is today. And you'll wind up giving those books to people you care about when you don't need them anymore, when you're too old to read. I sure hope so. I mean, that's the plan. Yeah, yeah that's the plan. And if you, plan. Can't, if you can't have your own baby, there are other ways. You can marry a woman who's fertile. Well, I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't have to be a lesbian. <laughs> oh, that would be a problem. But I have thought about option. Actually, I wanted to adopt since I was a kid. I don't know why. But Isn't that it was, interesting? It was always yeah. something in my heart. Um, yeah. But I like to be able to heal myself through herbs. I've tried different herbs. I'm, not sure, that you, I'm not sure that you're sick, Jasmine. Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> I don't think you're sick, Jasmine. If I said to you, Jasmine, can you help heal me of this horrible disease I have of white skin? You'd have to say, Susan, you're stuck with it. <laughs> but your genetics, I'm so sorry, girl. It's the natural thing for But that's it. You're just a dumb it. white girl. And you can't get out of it. You're a dumb white girl. What can we say? Well, they told me this, this really yeah. silly joke about this ventrilo- ventriloquist, right, who was giving this show, and the puppet was talking about dumb blondes. And this blonde woman stood up and gave this long harangue about how bad that was and you shouldn't put down blondes. And it's not only bad for blondes, it's bad for all women. And so finally the ventriloquist said, I'm so sorry. And she said, you stay out of it. I'm talking to that idiot on your lap. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, that's our 10 minutes. And we should let the next scholar through Okay. Well, thank you, Susan. Thank you, Jasmine. And hey, it's not a one-shot deal. You can call as many times as you want. Okay. All right. right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Blessings. Bye-bye. Bye. The next caller is coming from the 859 area code. Hello, Susan. Hi. I, uh, you have to tell me if um, this is going to work for you or not. I know that you don't use secondhand consultations, but I know that you sometimes will help people. Push, we'll, um, we'll, 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 I'll push that envelope if I think it's a topic of broad general interest. Okay, great. So um, my mother uh, had a stroke this past year, and um, she's very... Uh, she's very engaged in her own health and reads a lot. And she's current. She had started nourishing herbal infusions um, a few uh, a few weeks ago, uh, uh, and 
she has surgery scheduled for the 26th of this month. Um, my aunt, who's a nurse, had advised her to stop taking or doing anything that the doctors didn't know about, and she inquired with the doctors uh, about that, and they said, or one doctor in particular said, um, if we had more time before this surgery that I could um, study about the herbs and give you an answer, I would, but I I don't know enough. This is like asking somebody if I should eat spinach before I have an operation. These are not herbs and good foods, okay? So just put herbs right out of your mind. Nourishing herbal infusions are not herbs. They're food, okay? Can she eat spinach before she has a surgery? Can she eat Actually, corn before she has a surgery? The same anal- that's the same analogy I gave to her because I've heard you say it so many times on your uh, on, on this radio show. Yeah. And um, she, did, she looked up probably on the internet um, if mm-hmm. any of the if any of the infusions what were, she's going to find is info she's not going to find information on infusions she's going to find information on dried herbs and capsules oh okay okay yeah that's I like, think she would just like saying well, how much risk is there in driving to the supermarket and looking up how many people died in plane crashes <laughs> Well, um, right. completely useless. However, okay. let's cut the to the chase. She's gonna do. She's nice. gonna do whatever she wants to do, and right. you are only gonna be in trouble trying to talk her out of it. <laughs> right. So, can you find it in your daughterly heart to support her, even if she's wrong? Yes, I, absolutely. Isn't that really a beautiful gift that we can give to each other to say, well, I think you're totally wrong about this, but I love you and I'll support you anyhow. Unless we really think that they're going to like harm themselves and not drinking infusions isn't going to harm her. Actually, I'm more concerned about the supplements that she's taking. Um, Of course. Aren't they telling her not to take any of those supplements? They have, and she's stopped taking the supplements, and she agrees that... um, the infusions should trump supplements. I've not tried to tell her to eliminate them indefinitely, but um, she's got a lot of information floating around in her mind, and she's always trying to do do something for her own Wonderful. How exciting for you to have a mom who's so interested in her health. Wow. I know. Wow, fabulous. Yay for her. What's her name? Jean. She goes by Star. Oh, okay, Star. Well, <laughs> how badly was she affected by the stroke? Well, it's hard to say. Um, I think this. Can she still do? Can she still do as they say? Can they still do as they say her daily activities? Can she get up, brush her teeth, brush her hair, dress herself? Yes, and she's recovered quickly. The only thing I think that she experiences now is um, a little bit of limited mo- uh, range of motion and and balance. Maybe the two of you want to go to a qigong or a tai chi class together. Yeah. Yeah. She sounds like, Star sounds like the 
kind of girl that would say, hey, yeah, Tai Chi, let's do it. Okay, Qigong, yes, whatever's available in your area. Qigong is easier. Tai Chi, you usually learn a form. It can be a little daunting at first, but once you get it, you're like, ha, I got this. But Qigong is a little easier because it's, it's not so patterned and you don't feel like pushed up against having to learn so much. Okay, that's great. And she also, she lives in Guatemala for most of the year, and uh, she, actually she sent you an email, I think, inquiring, asking some questions about uh, what what herbs she should use for infusions while she's there and access to herbs and things like that. I've never had any problem taking dried herbs with me on airplanes. Okay, okay, I'll let her know. So I find the herbal excess in the United States better than anywhere in the world. When I went to Australia, and I was in Australia for a month, I brought two pounds of herb with me, right? A quarter pound of nettle and a quarter pound of comfrey and a quarter pound of outstrawed. A couple of ounces of linden, a couple of ounces of red clover. I actually brought a little more than that because I figured I'd be making infusion and sharing it with people. Okay, great. But what each one of us needs to cover one month is two pounds of herb because we're using an ounce a day. So that's 30 ounces of herb or two pounds is 32 ounces. It gives you a little to share. Okay. And that makes it easy to figure out how many months you're going to be gone. Multiply that by two. That's how many pounds of herb you need. Pack it in a suitcase. Slap it with you. As you know, you know, my daughter Justine lives in Costa Rica for five months out of the year, and she does the same thing. She just packs a suitcase with the herb. Okay. And she doesn't encounter any issues at um, no. at the no okay no, no, uh, no that's great no. news yeah okay okay thank you love to you love to star thanks for asking ah uh, thank you Susan love you bye 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 all right the next caller is coming from the seven one three area code. Hello, did we drop your call? Looks like she she's still on there, but, but we are you there in the seven one Sounds like maybe her call uh oh, well, coming through. Oh, are you there? We can hear you a little bit every now and then. Mm-hmm. We have one more person that queued up with a question, so we'll go to the next caller since that one's not coming through. I think she's going to hang okay. up. Um, hang next caller is coming from a private number. You know who you are? Yes, yes. Hi, Susan. Uh, this is Mike. This is Mike. Uh, and I want uh, to get information for diabetics and, uh, you know, blood pressure. What, which kind of herbs are good for you? Is Devercola one of them or um, any other herbs that you can uh, uh, suggest, please? I will tell you the herbs that I like the best for keeping blood pressure in a healthy range. And that is Hawthorne, Motherwort, and Passionflower. Hawthorne, yes, Uh Hawthorne is crataegus, 
And any part of the hawthorn can be used. I prefer the berries, and I prefer the tincture of the berries, but that's just me. I know people who really prefer the infusion of the leaves and flowers. And both leaves, flowers, and berries of hawthorn are freely available on the market as well as tincture of hawthorn berry. And, of course, you can make tincture of hawthorn berry really easily. Get a quarter of a pound of hawthorn berry, put it into a quart jar that's a liter jar, fill it to the top with 100 proof vodka, it has to be 100 proof, and shake it up a little bit. And within six to eight weeks, it's ready to go. Of course, you can buy the tincture ready-made. Hawthorn is rather slow-acting, but what it does is to act as a true adaptogen. In other words, it improves the physical health of the heart, improves the pumping capacity of the heart, improves the vascularization to the heart so that the heart is better nourished, and brings low blood pressure up and high blood pressure down. So Hawthorne is really a beautiful, beautiful ally for all parts of the heart. And Paul Bergner says that Hawthorne also really impacts the spiritual heart and gives us a, a greater heart spiritually, that we have more heart to be in our lives. Mother so we can buy some Amazon? Amazon, buy it. they have you can, it? You can buy it anywhere you want to buy it. I prefer to work with regular herbal retailers rather than that company named after a big yes. strong woman. I like to buy from Frontier yes. Herb or Mountain Rose Herb. Those are a couple of good places. It's certainly not limited to that. There's many other strong uh-huh. botanicals, Pacific botanicals. But I like to deal with people who are dealing with herbs because I would never buy an urban capsule. And you go out yes. you know, to that place named after a big strong woman, what you're going to find is 99% herbs and capsules. And we don't want to take herbs and capsules. We never, ever want to take herbs and capsules. It's not the way to do it. Now, motherwort and passionflower, either one of them taken alone will act much faster than a hawthorn. They're not going to be as deep in terms of really healing the heart. So depending on where the person is at, if their blood pressure is just moderately elevated, then usually motherwort or passion flower tincture from the fresh flowering plant. So so you're suggesting... Sorry, you're suggesting no capsules. No capsules. No capsules. No capsules. No capsules. Natural. I mean, you go buy the passion flower, and and then how how you make a recipe with it. I'm saying that you can buy the tincture. A tincture is an alcohol-based remedy. The fresh plant. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. The fresh plant has been macerated in alcohol for six weeks to make a tincture. Uh. So fresh tincture of motherwort, fresh tincture of passion flower, either one uh. of them will okay. moderate high blood pressure usually within six weeks. You usually see on the top number a uh-huh. eight to twelve point drop within six weeks and on the bottom number a three to five point drop. But it's the top mm. number we're usually more concerned about anyhow. Motherwort is Leonurus cardiaca, the lion-hearted. And if we're talking about you, that I really like motherwort when I'm talking to a man because it's got that strong lion heart there. Passion flower is a little more ethereal and a little more mental. And I think wow. that 
yeah, that women are more likely to have higher blood pressure because they're, you know, worried. They've been worried. They've been worried. And so the passion flower is going to calm that down. Motherwort does, too. You just heard me talk to somebody mm-hmm. about saying that motherwort is fabulous to relieve anxiety. Wow. So and so for diabetes, choices for you, And you could certainly sure. take hawthorn for the long run and motherwort or passion flower until your blood pressure is at a place where you want it to be. That's all good. There's no problem with those. Mm. Um, the hawthorn is related to apples and cherries. It's literally a fruit, and it's perfectly safe in any quantity. Motherwort is related to mint, and like mint, it's considered pretty much safe in any quantity. And passion flower is so safe that it's given to children. So the diabetics, please, uh, is devil claw is one of your choices? I don't use devil's claw. It's a rare herb. Why do I want to use a rare herb? Passion flower is a weed. Motherwort is a weed. Hawthorn is planted all over the place. I want to use local common herbs. I don't want to go raiding nature for scarce things, especially not for something, as, if you'll excuse me, inconsequential as high blood pressure. Uh, so I mean, devil's claw. They say is no, good for diabetes. No, I would not use. No, I would not use devil's claw. Absolutely not. In fact, I hardly oh. ever. I hardly ever use it because it's a rare herb, and I just don't find it necessary to ransack the rarest herbs from nature for my needs. I like uh. to give nature more respect. Wow. Uh, so, uh, what about uh, for the kidney cyst? Do you have any herbs or something that we can try to see if the cyst goes down, please? I didn't quite understand you, Rebecca. Uh, did that, kid- Rebecca did. Excuse me, Rebecca. Did the previous yeah. person call back? He did. She's here. Do you want she to? Did. Okay, so having answered your question about blood pressure, I'm going to wish you green blessings, ask you to call back again, and I'd be happy to answer more questions and go to the person that I was talking to whose call dropped. Thank you so much okay, for thank calling. You very much. Good, thank you. Thank, good thank night. You. Bye-bye. All right. Coming okay, from the 713. Please start in before Jill Stansbury's with us. Hello? Hi. Mary? Glad we can hear you now. Yes. Oh, well, thank you. Um, my call was also about blood pressure. I've had a, I have high blood pressure, very high, both uh-huh. the top and the bottom numbers. And I've been using mm-hmm. Hawthorne for several months um, mm-hmm. in, in infusion, and I'm not really seeing, uh, seeing anything change. Yes, it's, it, it, Hawthorne does not work that fast. It's, you know, Hawthorne, you're in it for like, you, Hawthorne is going to be a companion for years. And you're using the infusion of the leaf and flower. Yeah. Yeah. And I have some berries too. As I said, I do prefer the berry tincture. I think it's more effective. But you've now heard about motherwort and passion flower tinctures. And where can I buy the, uh, the tinctures for the, from the fresh herbs? Is there, the is there mother ward at Etsy, Rebecca? Yes, there is. There's mother ward at Etsy. So if you go to my Etsy page, it's uh, etsy.com backslash shop backslash nourish wholeness. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Also, and, we and mentioned red moon, red moon herbs and Catskill Mountain herbs are also good sources. Okay. Well, I'm glad that I got off easy here on <laughs> being able to answer your question by answering somebody else's question. Well, and, you know, one of, the, one of the things that I do suggest is that you get one of those cheapo blood pressure monitoring cusps, right? Just the ones you can buy at the drugstore. And they say, ah, oh, well, they're not accurate. They're not accurate. But that's okay because we don't want it to be accurate. What we want it to do is we want it to help you see what things in your life drive up your blood pressure. So I did this. I got one. And I took my blood pressure like, you know, maybe 20 times a day. Like I would take my blood pressure before I ate. And then I would take my blood pressure after I ate. And I would take my blood pressure in the morning. And I would take it late at night. And I would take my blood pressure when I had been upset and yelling. And I would take my blood pressure after I had an orgasm, and I would just, you know, every possible thing. And you know what really drives my blood pressure up? Lack of sleep. Yeah. I, well, and the things I can most moderate in my life to keep my blood pressure healthy is sleep enough. And that was clear to me from that. I didn't need to look at the actual numbers and get freaked out about them. I could just look at is my blood pressure higher or lower. So take a look at it. For some people, coffee drives up their blood pressure. For some people, it's other things. Find out what your triggers are. Okay. Well, and I do have a blood pressure cuff, and I do take my blood pressure frequently, but it just seems, and, and I am on blood pressure medication. I can't seem to get off of it. Um, I've tried weaning down since I've been doing the Hawthorne. I just tried last week weaning down and then going and going a couple of days and taking my blood pressure again, and it's right what's, back what's, way up. What's your, blood, what's your blood pressure look like in your family, your other family members? Um, and the reason I'm general, asking is because we know that there's familial high blood pressure that doesn't lead to cardiovascular events. Well, my dad had high blood pressure, but he developed it late in age. And um, my brother, who's 10 years older than I am, so he would be in his... 73, somewhere around there. Last year he was diagnosed with high blood pressure. Um, but up until those points, we they were all normal. Um, and I I know I'm 10 years younger than my brother, but it just seems like I'm following along. So when, you, when, you, when, you were, when you're not taking any medicine, when you weren't taking medicine, what was your upper number? 190, 200? No, it's around 155, 160. But the bottom number is around anywhere from 90, 90, can be anywhere from 89 to 95. Which is very reasonable. Be aware that a century ago, the upper number for health was considered to be 100 plus your age. Oh. And the new rules are that everybody is supposed to be under 120. Yeah, but that's the new that's the new rule, and that may not fit you. Okay. Do you have uh, Do you have other cardiovascular risk factors? Are you eating the standard American diet? Are you eating a healthy diet? Are you sitting in front of the TV four hours a day? Are you outside taking walks for those four hours? Remember that the standards are based on the standards, 
And if you're not the standard, maybe the standards don't apply to you. Okay. Well, I get out and walk, but it's usually 30 minutes a day and an hour That's on great. the weekend. That's wonderful. And, That's and, excellent. And yes, I do watch. Yes, and yes, I do sit and watch TV in the evenings, and I, I have a desk job, and I uh, sit a lot. Every, but I try time to get up every, every time there's a commercial on, you're going to get up and walk, right? Even if it's for five minutes, it really makes a big difference to the epithelial tissue yeah. of the blood vessels. Yeah. And that's what okay. concer- You know what? We're really not that concerned about your blood pressure. We're concerned about whether or not you end up stroke. Well, and, and I guess the, the only reason it would it kind of concerns me is that I can when my numbers are high, I can feel like pressure in my back, and sometimes pressure in my head. So mm-hmm. it's like okay, mm-hmm. something's not right, and I need to bring that number down because I'm not mm-hmm. when I feel those things, I'm not comfortable. And, does med- and what does meditation do? It brings the numbers back down closer to, I mean, That's anywhere I from. And we, you know, we are taking to, Jill's time. We're being very rude here. Jill Stansberry is standing oh, by I'm waiting. Sorry. And so I'm going to, that's okay. I'm going to encourage you to call back so we can continue this discussion next week. Okay. Will that work for you? Yes, it will. Thank, Thank you so you much. much. Green blessings. Dr. Jillian Stansbury is a naturopathic physician who has practiced in Southwest Washington for nearly 30 years. She specializes in women's health mental health, and chronic disease. And, of course, we're going to ask her what she would do to help people with high blood pressure. Jillian Stansbury holds undergraduate degrees in medical illustration and medical assisting, and she graduated with honors through both programs. Dr. Stansbury was also a longtime chair of the Botanical Medicine Program at the National College of Naturopathic Medicine and remains on the faculty teaching botanical medicine, natural products chemistry, botanical influences on cell biology. Oh, I love it when she talks about cells and leads ethnobotany field courses, including in-depth field work in the Peruvian Amazon. Yes, we'll ask her about that. Jillian Stansbury is the mother of two adult children. Her hobbies include art, photography, playing the guitar, singing with friends, gardening, camping, cooking, and studying quantum physics, metaphysics, and international travel. If she's not traveling or working, look for Dr. Stansbury in her garden. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Susan. I love to hear that enthusiasm. (laughs) Well, it's very easy to be enthusiastic about you because you are, um, you know, a person who has really spread her wings to um, really put air under other people's wings. You just do so much for so many. Thank you. Thank you so much. You had a clinic in Battleground where you practiced for 30 years, for instance. Can you tell us more I about that? I can't believe. Yeah, I can hardly believe 30 <laughs> years has gone by, but the dates don't lie. They don't, do they? You know, my green book was just published in its 30th anniversary edition. I've been patting my 40-year-old self on the shoulder and going, good work, girl. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were smart back there in our 40s. Yay, us. Huh? So, what goes on there? Well, I live in a small town. Battleground is just a half an hour north of Portland, Oregon. And it has evolved in the time that I've been here, but it certainly was a very small town at its inception of my clinic some 30 years ago, more of a 
either commuter community or kind of a farmstead, people that like to provide more for themselves, which are just the kind of people I love to work with, people that grow their own food or that are um, kind of back to the landers. And so my clinic has uh, had many different sort of evolutions over the time, being a bit of a conservative more religious community where people were a little skeptical and kind of waited to make sure I didn't kill off their neighbors or something. You had the feel um, in the early days to now that it's 30 years later and herbal medicine and alternative medicine and naturopathic medicine are, have become much more mainstream. We have insurance coverage and we have referrals back and forth with our allopathic colleagues in the community. So it's it's had its evolution, to be sure. Um, in our small town, it remains kind of a homey, sort of humble practice, and um, I'm still uh, working away at it, though I do have my sights on some retirement and turning over the reins to some of the younger docs and being the gardener out back. <laughs> I remember asking... Um... Dr. T, Tiarona Clark Lodog, at one point, what made her go and come and MD? She was a wonderful herbalist, and she said she had people walking into her clinic with blood pressures of 200 over 150, and she wanted drugs. Uh, well, you certainly provided some interesting counterpoint to the drug and, and mm-hmm. to the regards of what is the healthy blood pressure. Some some of the controversies, perhaps the gamut of one must have drugs to manage high blood pressure, and the counterpoint being, what tools do we have in our toolkit to avoid the a, a life of pharmaceuticals? I'm so sure this is something you see in your clinic. Absolutely, that's certainly one of the chronic diseases from obesity, high cholesterol diabetes, prediabetes, hypertension. It is something that I think alternative medicine has a lot to offer um, that is somewhat of a different long-term game plan than what is the game plan that we see in allopathic medicine. It's quite common for people to start on one pharmaceutical, maybe a diuretic, but because the diuretic Lights, um, a year or maybe three years if they're lucky later, the diuretic isn't working so well anymore, but they don't seem to take you off of the diuretic. They tend to add in a second medicine. ACE inhibitor. Oh, pharmaceutical. Oh, sorry. Um, You're breaking up pretty badly. Okay, let me see if moving my position in this room or house helps at all. That, yes, Is this any in better? Much, more much better, all right. yes. All right. I just moved a few feet away. Um, I know. So we often see this this need for, once you start on the hyperten- antihypertensives, to have it be a lifelong uh, path for people as your last call collar was frustrated, and I do believe that as herbalists or as nutritionalists or as coaches, you mentioned stress and sleep, I'd throw in there the exercise, or I guess you did mention the exercise as well, walking and doing sit-ups during the commercials if you like to be inside on a cold, rainy night or winter, etc. There 
that can often do wonders for the blood pressure along with our nutritional supplements or our uh, herbal medicines of various sorts. So I do think we have a lot to offer the uh, that that genre of the chronic disease, which is epidemic, along with the epide- um, diabetes epidemic. Some people refer to the concept of the deadly quartet, meaning the four constellations of obesity, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and elevated blood sugar. Um, because all that in combination does seem to impair longevity. So we, yes. we have a lot to offer very, in our herbal so. toolkit. Yeah. So I was talking about hawthorn and motherwort and passionflower. Do you use those? Do you have other herbs that you like? Those are it, wonderful choices, absolutely. I like the concept of including at least one nervine in the formula. You have your passion flower there as a nervine, um, especially for when people notice stress-related blood pressure or even when it's good stress, just a lot going on and the nights are a little shorter, Keep staying up late to finish a few things and getting up early for a big day. Um, nervines from chamomile to uh, oat straw to scutellaria, uh, St. John's wort. We have a lot, uh, a lot of wonderful choices there, but I love your combination of including a nervine in your blood pressure formula. And though many nervines are also vasodilators, a term meaning to open up the aperture of the blood vessel itself, and that's how most of the pharmaceuticals work, the beta blockers, the calcium channel blockers. They relax the smooth muscle of the blood vessel itself. So I think that's one important ingredient. I like your um, hawthorn. That's just the mainstay and kind of the go-to trophorestorative, a word meaning something that actually improves tissue tone and um, nourishes, and you use the word adaptogen, I believe, something that is so capable of restoring tone to the heart and the blood vessels and the endothelial tissues themselves. And I would um, add that other high flavonoid herbs that can be berries and uh, pomegranate juice and foods that are high in the flavonoids similarly can help protect the endothelium. Maybe that's why I like the hawthorn berries so much. Yeah, indeed. Never thought about that. Those flavonoids, of course. Uh, you know, and what have I done today here in Seattle? Well, I've eaten some berries, and I've eaten Oregon grape berries, and I've eaten blueberries, and I've eaten grapes, and I've eaten blackberries. <laughs> well, you've had a I'm very a, full day then. I, I'm a walking flavonoid here, right? <laughs> you are. My heart, I would add. My heart is thanking me. <laughs> absolutely. I would add one other category that I find complements. We've got our nervine. We've got our flavonoid. I would sometimes add an alterative herb, something that helps the liver process sugar and cholesterol and normal metabolic wastes. Um, Liver herbs can be things like dandelion roots and eating dandelion greens, or it could be something like milk thistle or turmeric Burdock, you mentioned Oregon grape berries, Oregon grape um, plant root, also a wonderful alternative. So sometimes I will mix that in, especially if people have elevated blood sugar and cholesterol in tandem with the high blood pressure 
or it's a slam dunk um, if people also have constipation or some kind of intestinal dysbiosis or obvious liver problems, or they've been on a number of pharmaceuticals that are just taxing the liver's ability to process our normal metabolic wastes, it makes a nice complement to a blood pressure formula. Oh, Jill, that's brilliant. Brilliant to help support the liver to help them move off the drugs. Because I often think, oh, well, part of the problem of that transitioning from the drugs to the herbs is that the liver has been, as you say, somewhat impaired. Absolutely. So a little little support there for the liver. Oh, lovely, lovely, wonderful, wonderful thing. Okay, let me go back to the wonderful notes you sent me here. And, um, oh, yeah, I promised that I would uh, ask you to talk about um, those trips that you uh, do in the Peruvian Amazon. Yes, that has been a great joy to me for the last decade or more. Uh, Once I went to Peru, it seems I never really came home. I did indeed come home at the end of my three-month trip, but I kept thinking about those fabulous mountains and that magical jungle and those strong, skillful people. And sort of like a jungle vine wrapped around my ankle, I kind of feel it pulling me back. So I thought, well, maybe I could go back. And if I could go back, when could I go? And, well, maybe I'll just look online and what kind of tickets might be available for Christmas. And before you knew knew it, 48 hours in returning home to the U.S., I booked a return ticket, and then that just kept uh, leapfrogging from there. And I ended up spending six months a year in Peru for a decade. I'm doing it a little bit less now, but um, that – time there allowed me to build a humble home, to learn to speak Spanish, uh, to gain friendships with some marvelous people who I still consider some of my closest friends. I've been studying with the Matsugenga, the Wachaperi, um, in the Manu region, uh, one of the most biodiverse and truly wild, undeveloped places of the planet. And then I also fly into the Amazon proper along the border of Brazil in the Iquitos region and study with the Bora and the Yagua people. And it's always um, a highlight of my year. That jungle is absolutely magical, and I think there's magical places here in the United States. And where I live in the Pacific Northwest here is somewhat of a temperate rainforest, but it does not quite have the density and just quite the diversity of insect, snake, animal, mammal, bird life that the Amazon has. And it's um, always a joy to be there, and truly it's always a little sad to leave, somewhat like the feeling I always had when summer was over as a child and it was time to go back to school, and it was always kind of like, oh, darn. I kind of feel that way every time it's time to leave the jungle. So a part of my heart just just stays there. So it's evolved into me leading um, an ethnobotany trip, which I do each July. I'm about to add one in January, though it won't be till January of 2020, not this coming January, but the year after. And it's a, a trip for plant nerds. If you like just talking about plants, sun up to sundown, 
eating, tasting, cooking, harvesting, talking about. We, of course, focus on the medicinal plants, but we also learn dye plants and what plants are good for roofing and textiles and weaving. And then there's so many different shamanic ideas, plants for protection and plants that you use for um, children who have nightmares and plants that you use to protect yourself from other entities or they have very different ideas about um, mental health that mental health isn't a weakness per se, like you have depression or you have anxiety. It's thought that you are um, sort of been polluted by a corrupting influence that's making you depressed. And so you don't go to a psychotherapist and talk and talk and talk about it. Um, you instead cleanse yourself of some of those heavy energies and fill yourself up with light so that that entity no longer finds that food so attractive. Um, so it's, it's kind of changed my way of thinking about mental health in general, um, and I like the paradigm. So anytime you immerse yourself and try to talk to the people about what do you use these plants for, invariably some of their paradigm and their philosophy is going to creep in, which is just fascinating. I'm still working on getting my Spanish ever better and better so I can catch some of those nuances. Um, so I tend to go a little deeper every time I go. So it's um, it's definitely a, um, a lifelong passion to study plants. And since I've been studying plants since I was probably 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there, and studied a lot of the North American plants, the Amazon is now a whole new playground for me that I'll probably barely, barely scratch the surface in my lifetime. It's just so immense and so diverse. I know that virtually everyone listening is going, okay, how do I sign up for that trip? How do I do this? You can, can simply you email me, and I will get you on the mailing list to tell you more about it. My email is my name, J Stansbury. That's J S. T-A-N-S-B-U-R-Y, and I'm still using my university email at N-U-N-M, that's the National University of Naturopathic Medicine, N-U-N-M dot E-D-U. So Stansbury at N-U-N-M dot E-D-U. If you're interested in coming on a fabulous herb adventure, just email me and I'll get you on the mailing list and we can share info. Oh, goody, 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 goody. There seems to be a very strong link between American herbalism and Peru. Mm-hmm. I'm not I, sure what I, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, it's not just you. No, it isn't. I've I've heard and very that's why, that's interesting mythologies about um, the the South kind of coming of age to be a, a power spot on the planet and and people that are kind of seeking those kinds of lessons in their life either for them or for, on their journey are drawn to it whereas perhaps a, a generation ago it was more India and some of the spiritual teachings that we had from Kathmandu to the Ayurvedic discipline to the Buddhist traditions and the temples and things. There were so many spiritual seekers 
going to India, I believe there's something that now the more yin energy and perhaps the female and the respect of the Mother Earth hopefully is making a shift to become ever more strong in people's consciousness or ever more urgent need to honor the mother. And there's nothing more yin on this planet, in my opinion, than those rain-soaked, muddy, serpent-rich jungles of South America. That's kind of the female energy. So I loved what you said about Amazon being a big, strong woman <laughs> earlier. And there's... There is that, and I, I, I like your perspective on the corporate versus the real Amazon. Yeah. You're writing some books. Could you tell us a little about that? You bet. I am just halfway through a series of five textbooks that I consider to be my life's work from all of my teaching as the chair of the Botanical Medicine Program at the Naturopathic School in Portland. I've saved and perfected and redone and footnoted my notes teaching there for some 25 years um, and plus on the conference circuit which is where I met your lovely self doing our powerpoints and presentations for lectures um, I felt ready to kind of compile a number of different facets into um, kind of a targeted systematic approach to herbal formulation so it's somewhat technical and targeted for healthcare professionals um, as it assumes a little bit of anatomical, physiologic, biochemical knowledge, but I wouldn't see it, say it's out of the grasp um, of any just aspiring herbalist. Um, but the title is Herbal Formularies for Healthcare Professionals, and it's being produced and released in uh, five volumes. The first volume is out, Digestion and Elimination, Volume 2 is shipping out this week, Circulation and Respiration. Volume 3 is more endocrine-based, Adrenal, Thyroid, and Reproductive. will be out at the beginning of the next year. And then the two um, remaining volumes, 4 and 5, will look at the immune system and allergy, musculoskeletal, pain, immune, and so on, to pretty much cover all the body systems. So it's been a huge undertaking for me and a great amount of time, and I might end up making one cent per hour. I know you've published books and might relate to how much time and energy you actually pour into them based um, compared to the feed, the, the payback. So it's not I'm not really promoting these as a way that I'm going to necessarily recoup a big profit. I consider it my contribution to the field of herbal medicine. If I just disappear into the jungles forever, I'll at least have put down my kind of skill set in a kind of cogent, hopefully cogent manner. Thank you for taking that time away from the garden. And it really is. When you're sitting there writing, we are, very, we are very aware that the garden is out there. Don't think for a minute we have forgotten the garden. We're sim simply sitting there writing, and we call up the face of everyone who's ever said your book helped me. And that's the only way we don't just turn off the computer and go out to the garden. Because we come around so the yeah. garden. It's, no, it's not. But, you know, we figured out ways to do it, and I'm getting even better at it. And I am... So I don't know if you heard the earlier part of the show, but somebody said, oh, I can't tell what to do because there's all this information on the Internet. And I said, well, don't go on the Internet. Just don't do it. <laughs> because the information yeah, is you can overwhelm yourself. horrible and will overwhelm you. Look for books written by people who've actually worked with the herbs. And this 
is a beautiful example. Here's your 25 years of teaching and practice that you are turning into this brilliant diamond-studded tiara, which will crown (laughs) you and will give an infinite light to everyone who follows because it's what you've experienced. It's not something that you read in the book that ought to work. Exactly. I totally like embrace brilliant, that like idea. Like your brilliant addition of dandelion to say, hey, it may just be blood pressure, but let's get the liver healthy too. Yes, yes, of course. That kind of thing only comes from somebody who is actively working with the herbs. It doesn't come out of book knowledge. That, that is so true. And I think different people will relate to different teachers, their energy or their style or their approach. So you might also just go to a library that has a lot of herb books and flip through them and see what jumps out at you to be a um, your next sort of step or teacher, what you relate well to or what kind of approach is that you're just ripe for. That's so true. It's hard to believe that we have almost talked away our entire half hour, and I do apologize for going over a little bit and depriving you of a few minutes because you no are problem. truly, truly wonderful. But she, you know, it was hard, hard to uh, to bring that to a, a satisfying close for us both. And oh, I certainly. always, I always offer up the last word to you. What do you want to leave in the hearts and minds of people now? Before you do that. I want to ask you to give your email address again and any website so that people can get in touch with you. And then what do you want to leave in people's hearts and minds? Absolutely. Well, thank you for this opportunity. My personal email is my name, Jay Stansbury. That's J-S-T-A-N-S-B-U-R-Y at N-U-N-M. That's for the National University of Naturopathic Medicine dot E-D-U. I have a website that's simply my business name, www.battlegroundhealingarts, all one word, dot com, and that links to my apothecary and a few other uh, personal sites that pertain to my uh, field courses, my ethnobotany field courses as well. Um, I think last thoughts is I'm extremely concerned about the planet and the environmental goings on the world over and certainly notwithstanding our own country and I believe most herbalists and most people interested in health have an innate connection with plants, with health, with the outside world so I think we need to be setting, uh, planting gardens, protecting the lands, being stream stewards, caring about where our food comes from sharing our enthusiasm, if not seeds and zucchinis and recipes uh, with other like-minded people, and anchor down some love for this planet Earth. Oh, hooray. I heard a wonderful statistic the other day. There are now one million conservation and Earth-helping organizations on this planet. Oh, lovely. It's nice to hear those good statistics. Thank you for sharing that. You are welcome, and thank you for helping me reweave the healing cloak of the ancients and restoring herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. We're not against drugs. We just think herbs should be first. Thank you, Dr. Jillian Stanbury. Thank you, Rebecca. 
and green blessings to each and every one. Thank you, Susan. Happy trails. You too, buddy. Thank you. Have a great night. Good night, Rebecca. Good night.